Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. It's episode 41. Um, got lots to talk about. We're going to talk, we definitely going to talk about tech basketball. Uh, that's kind of the sad part of the podcast. Um, but we've got a lot of happy part of the podcast because we're going to talk about tech baseball and the wild two days they've had. Shorthorns fans, you might want to turn that part of the podcast off because it's probably going to trigger you. Um, we'll have some listener questions, and then we will end with the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So, uh, unfortunately, Thursday night, um, Texas basketball season came to an end at the hands of Duke. Um, fantastic game. You know, Tech came out guns a early on, and they were up at uh, ten to two at one point, and I mean, they were, I mean, they were punching Duke in the mouth defensively and, and they went to the half with the lead and you thought, well, maybe we got this. Um, but you know, credit Duke, Duke, um, came back strong. They shot 71% in the second half, which is the highest percentage a team has shot against tech since I believe 2017 or 2018. It's been a while. Um, and so unfortunately, your season ends when that happens. And, and I, you know, I, I think Tech wasn't a defensive breakdown necessarily by Tech. You know, Duke is a very athletic team. And, you know, I think the weaknesses that Tech had all season long, uh, you know, were on display here. You know, Tech Tech did not have a true point guard this year, you know. And, and I'm not taking a shot at McCuller for that because, you know, I think McCuller did his best at point guard. But, you know, I think McCuller is, is best utilized – as a, as a shooting guard. And, you know, I think it was, it was, you know, rough for him, um, to have to have to play out of his position. Um, you know, and I think also the other big exposure was, you know, tech has, has, has these instances where, you know, they go into brownouts and couldn't score. Um, tech struggled all year long with the zone and, you know, Duke employed a little bit of the zone and then they went back to man to man and, uh, you know, tech, just had had some issues offensively, but real proud of this team. Um, certainly disappointed. Um, but you know, if you told me April first, twenty twenty one, that next year's Texas Tech team was going to go to the Sweet Sixteen and lose by five to Duke, come very close to ending Coach K's career, I would have said you were crazy. Um, you know, I, I clearly remember you know when you know, country club beard left. I was, I was worried about the state of the basketball program. I thought, who are we going to go back to the Pat Knight years? And, um, you know, you had a lot of players leave. I mean, there were five players when Mark Adams took the job and, you know, once Mark Adams took the job, I, I felt a lot better. I knew he was, first of all, I knew he's a great coach and you know, that, that no middle defense, there's just nothing like it. Um, you know, but, he took the job and you just wondered, are, you know, are we, able, are we going to be able to get some, some good players in and things just, things just started rolling uh, very quickly and, you know, credit Mark Adams and his coaching staff, you know, they identified players from smaller programs, you know, big fish in small ponds like Bryson Williams, like Adonis arms, like Kevin O'Banner, like Davion Warren. And they were able to bring them in um, and, and, really talked them into playing this tech system that 
is not um, made for, you know, there to be, you know, a go-to type of scorer. It's made for great defense and, you know, just kind of this grind-out type of game. And, you know, credit credit the coaching staff and credit those guys for coming in and, and buying into the system. And you could tell in the post-game uh, conference, you know, you had Bryson, Bryson Williams and Adonis Arms was up there. And uh, you could tell they had a lot – they have a lot of respect for uh, Coach Adams and the system that he runs here. And it's – you know, the tough part of, of recruiting those guys is, as uh, super seniors is, you know, you only get them one year and you got to say goodbye. And it, that's tough because, you know – the they were so so fun to watch and you could just tell the work ethic on those guys um you know every time they hit the court um but what a great season memorable season um certainly you know one for the books and sad to see it uh come to an end but it's it's going to be very interesting to see next year uh who's going to come back who's not um you know obviously it's we have the transfer portal can can give and transfer portal can take. Um, you know, we 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 got some news Friday that uh, Shannon is in the transfer portal. It it doesn't surprise me um, that he probably won't come back. I would be surprised if he does. Um, you know, I th- I think a couple reasons. I, I I think you know he he viewed this as as his year to hopefully build up his his pro. Uh, profile a little bit more um and and it just didn't work out you know he was injured quite a bit started out the year with the NCAA eligibility issue and um you know and and you know I've talked about it you know some of the fans turned on Shannon even yesterday with when it wasn't you know kind of leaked out that he was entering the transfer portal you know people were you know kind of bashing him saying oh well his attitude you could tell was bad blah 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 you know listen um I'm not surprised that Shannon is probably not going to come back. There's a possibility he can, but I, I, I think he, I think he transfers to another program, and I think that might be best for him, and it might be best um, for Tech just to part ways. And it's it's no one, you know, it's that's not a shot at Shannon. Um, it's more of a shot at it. You know, it was a rough year for him here, and it might be best for him to have a fresh start. Um, having said that, I am grateful for the three years he was here. I think he gave everything and gave his whole all the entire time he was here. And, and you could clearly tell um, throughout this season, he was in a lot of pain and he, you know, he gutted it out. He, he played great defense. He made those key plays. And so, you know, the, the whole the people saying, well, his attitude, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't see that. I don't see where people get that from. And I, I, I almost think it's, I think the Shannon resentment is, it, I think it, it originates from people that don't understand the transfer portal and don't understand this idea of testing out the the draft waters i think there are people that that think he quote unquote quit last year when he entered the draft and then came back and they just they never trusted him here's the deal um i don't fault a player for wanting to test um the draft waters um you know if you're if you're in a situation as a college uh not even college basketball but any athlete college athlete and you get the opportunity to potentially play professionally and make a lot of money 
I absolutely 100% do not fault for you, fault you for that. I don't fault Jarrett Culver for leaving, Zaire Smith, Jemias Ramsey, Patrick Mahomes. These guys left early. Michael Crabtree, these guys left early, and you know they had an opportunity. They saw where they could get to the pros and, and do what they love, which is play their sport. And I don't fault Shannon for testing the draft waters last year, and I don't fault him for leaving now. You know, the, the other thing with the transfer portal, and I think that there's, there are people that believe, well, you know, they're quitting on the team, they're leaving, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's the deal. As a Tech fan, we have been a big beneficiary of this transfer portal. I don't think Bryson Williams quit UTEP. I don't think, you know, uh, Davion Warren quit at Hampton. I don't think Adonis Arms quit at um, Winthrop. Um, you know, I don't think Santos Silva quit at uh, VCU. Um, that This is the way that the situation is. And, you know, coaches can leave on a whim, and I don't fault coaches for that either. Players should, should be afforded the same opportunity. And, you know, um, this is the this is the system that we're in now, and you know that I think tech has has been very effective in working with the transfer portal in basketball. Um, you know, started with Beard, and I, I hate to give him some credit, but yeah, started with Beard, and and certainly you know Mark Adams has continued that trend. Um, and so you know, I wish Shannon the best. I think he probably does not come back. Um, I think the most logical destination for him is Illinois. Um, he's from Chicago, um, so it gives him the opportunity to play closer to home and 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 hopefully get that opportunity to shine. Um, you know, he's he's gonna be, he's always gonna be a Red Raider in my book. And you know, like I like I said a few weeks ago, if you're one of these people that want to constantly bash Shannon, you're up there with the people that wanted Art Bryles to come coach Tech football to me. So. Um, as far as other people entering the transfer portal, that's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, Kevin O'Banner has another year of eligibility left um, due to the COVID rules. Um, McCuller has a couple years left. It would not surprise me if McCuller enters the portal and tests out uh, potentially leaving. I would be, I'd be really disappointed in that. But again, I would wish him the best, but I'd be really disappointed because um, he is such an asset to this program defensively. And, and you know, he, he played out of position this year for a lot of the year because he had to play point guard. And yet he still came up with such key plays. Um, you know, O'Banner, I hope he comes back as well. I don't know what exactly his decision will be, um, but you know, hopefully he's got another year of eligibility. I think... You know, it'd be great. I hope he comes back. Um, as far as the other players, you know, who knows? Um, I, I think they, I think that they will most likely stay. But you just never know with the transfer portal. Um, you know, certainly um, there's already been you know conversation about a player out of Utah Valley State that uh, Tech is potentially talking to that's in the portal. And so you know, Tech's Tech is probably going to lose some players to the transfer portal, but they're also going to get some players out of the portal. And I think, you know, Texas Tech has proven, I think, to be one of the best programs for players in the transfer portal. And, and you know, Mark Adams can, can point to these guys that were brought in last year via the portal. And also Santos Silva, who was brought in uh, via, via the portal. Uh, and then you can even go back to, you know, Tariq Owens and, 
and Matt Mooney and Mac McClung and, you know, these other guys, TJ Holyfield that were brought in via the portal. And, you know, tech is, uh, I think, number one at, at, at really utilizing the portal to the best of the program. And so, you know, I fully expect we'll see um, at least a few players that Tech will get via the transfer portal. So they also have some recruits coming in, the, the big one being Pop Pop Isaacs. And he is more of a true point guard. And I think that's going to be a really good thing uh, going into next year that Tech has a true point guard. And, you know, I, I think we can be able to see a little bit more of, of the offense that I think Barrett Peary and Mark Adams were wanting to run um, this year that they weren't necessarily able to without having that true point guard. So it's it's going to be interesting next uh, next few weeks for sure to see who who stays, who goes, who comes. But I, I, I'm real confident that you will see Texas Tech uh, back in this conversation this time next year and, um, and then it's back in the NCAA tournament and, and you know, hopefully – uh, primed for a deep run so um, but congratulations to this team and what a ride that they they put us on and it was just it was fun and you know I will put the Raider riot the Texas Tech fans up against any college basketball fan base any day of the week um, because I think Tech fans have proven to be very rabid so um, other thoughts about the NCAA tournament. Um, I, I'll just be honest. Um, my interest in it is really kind of waned. I, I mean, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it, but I'm not really going to be primed to, you know, it's not going to be appointment television for me without tech. Um, obviously two interesting elite eight games today. Um, Gonzaga being out. I think that was a bit of a surprise, but you know, credit, credit Arkansas. They, they got it done. Um, you know, so we've got Arkansas uh, taking on Duke later on tonight, and then currently we've got um, Villanova, Houston. That's going to be uh, it's that's been a fun game. You know, Villanova again. Jay Wright he finds ways to go on deep tournament runs, and he does it not with those with those young five star. You know, quote unquote, quote Dick Vitale diaper dandies. He does it with you know veteran laden guys like kind of like Tech does. Um, you know, currently they're beating Houston right now, which I'm perfectly fine with Houston. Uh, here are the two teams that I really don't want to win the national championship. One is Houston, um, because they're in the same state. They are a future conference opponent and I don't want them to be able to get, the, uh, to, to do something, get themselves a national championship and then come on into the um, Big Twelve as a with a national championship, um, so I'm I'm good I'm good with them losing. There it's forty six forty right now, um, and I really honestly don't want Arkansas to win. Um, those Arkansas fans just they left a bad taste in my mouth, um, kind of bashing you know Lubbock when when Tech beat oh uh, Tech beat them out for O'Banner, so they can get their butts kicked. Uh, you know I'd be fine with Duke winning. Um, you know like I said I re- I do respect Coach K. Um, I know a lot of people kind of get tired of the Dukies and, you know, yeah, Coach K has, has a bit of an ego on him. I get that. Uh, all coaches do, by the way. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't mind them winning. Um, you know, on the other side of things, Kansas, if Kansas wins, I don't think that necessarily hurts Tech within the conference. Kansas is, you know, Kansas is still kind of that blue blood, um, you know, 
they they cheat, but a lot of teams cheat. You know, Memphis cheats. <laughs> I think Arkansas cheats too. Um, so if Kansas wins, I don't know if I'd be that upset about that. Um, and they're playing Miami. Miami, I'm just like <laughs> indifferent on. I was real disappointed that Iowa State wasn't able to pull it out because I really do like Iowa State, and I wouldn't have been torn up if they had won, to be honest with you. Um, and then the other one, you've got UNC, which, um, like I said last week, they were severely underseeded as an eight seed. They were a lot better as an eight seed. And then you've got St. Peter's, and I guess that that's probably the team I want to see win is St. Peter's. I think it'd just be a wild um, to see, you know, a team kind of go through and beat all and beat all these blue bloods and give a little hope to, you know, these smaller conference people. Cause you know, it's the NCAA tournament is it's, it's gotten very top heavy and you know, you've got to be in one of these. And, and, and I mean, tech's in a power conference, so it's not that bad, you know, on my end of things, but you know, you just kind of hope that you want to give some hope to the, you know, those mid-major teams and, you know, the, the George Masons, the VCU Butler, you know, even Gonzaga. Um, so I, that would probably be my number one team. I'm, I'm kind of rooting for St. Peter's. Um, you know, people – we'll see. It'll be fun to see what happens with North Carolina. Um, I mean, could you imagine if they – their road to the Final Four was they beat not only Kentucky but North Carolina? I mean, two Blue Bloods in a year? I mean, that would be pretty pretty wild. Um, so uh, – but again, my, my uh, paying attention is not going to be a whole lot um, with the – with the uh, tournament kind of going, going uh, from now. So, all right. So we're going to shift gears. So that basketball is over and I, you know, I'll comment on basketball stories, you know, as they become available, like recruits, things like that. But we're now shifting gears to the road to Omaha and Texas tech baseball. You have given a lot of sad red Raider fans that were sad about the loss on Thursday, a lot to smile and be happy about because you have, in a three-game series, we got one more game tomorrow, you've already beaten the Shorthorns twice. And, oh boy, guys, they are, the Texas fans are beside themselves. Um, Horn Sports on Twitter, they are thin-skinned. I mean, they blocked they blocked me on Twitter because <laughs> Because I, I, I replied with a gif of, you know, tech, a tech baseball player holding home plate and like doing like peekaboo with it. But they they blocked me. But they, they block everybody that doesn't, you know, that isn't like completely like, you know, Kool-Aid drinking University of Texas. So um, they're kind of like Russia that way. So um, but boy, I mean, Yesterday, we go into extra innings, and that's after, like, I mean, it got chippy yesterday with uh, Jace Young, and, you know, they, they were chippy at Tech. We were chippy at them. Um, I'm surprised Jace Young, Jace Young didn't get thrown at because, I mean, that home run, and he was he was chirping at them. And I know some people were mad about that, but I don't know. I liked it. It was fun. Uh, <laughs> you know, it goes into extra innings last night, and I think the Texas pitcher still holding the ball from last night. He went completely – he fell asleep, I guess, and Tech steals home to win in extra innings. <laughs> so how do you follow that up? Well, here's how Tech follows that up today. 
Uh, they score seven runs in the first inning, so they're up seven to two. And then Texas comes back, ties it seven to seven. They go up. Uh, in fact, I think at one point they go up eleven to seven. Tech grinds it out in the eighth, gets some runs, ties it up in the ninth, and then we go to the tenth inning, top of the tenth. Uh, UT scores a run, twelve to eleven, and that was a wild play. Um, you know, Dylan Carter almost got to the ball. It was a kind of a short fly ball, and d- dives for it, almost gets it. One run scores, and then the other guy rounds home. He misses home plate, and then he, um, Tech's catcher is able to tag him out. They have to review it, which is goofy, but so we go to we go to the bottom of the tenth. Tech's down twelve to ten. And they're able to get, you know, they're able to get a, a run in early on. They get they get bases loaded, and then Kurt Wilson. It's the same Kurt Wilson that did it a couple years ago against Oklahoma State. Hits a walk off grand slam to win the game. So Tech has now taken two. They've they've won the series. Now I'm greedy. And I want to be able to get my broom out tomorrow and sweep Texas on back to the people's Republic of Austin. So that would be beautiful. But this was a huge, huge series to win. Um, this is your opening Big 12 series. You're now Texas is now 0-2. This is the number two team in the nation. And and you know what? I'm gonna this you're you're probably gonna y'all are probably gonna laugh at this. And probably think, oh, has he lost his mind? But I'm going to give Texas some credit. They are a very good baseball team. You know, that Ivan Melendez, uh, and he went to my Coronado. Um, he was a T-bird. That dude is a beast. And I don't know how he did not end up wearing the double T, but, man, he's good. He's going to be playing for a long time in the majors. And, yeah, anytime he went up to – Came up to bat. I'm like, oh, let's just hope he doesn't hit a bomb. And he hit a couple bombs already in this series. So he's a player. And so Texas is a very good team. And the fact that Tech has been able to grind this out and and, and get get at least the series win is massive. It's huge. Um, this is really going to help Tech um, in the rankings because RPI wise, they're you know right now Tech is Tech is 20 and four, but um, their non conference hasn't turned out I think the way that they thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year um and so their non-conference is a bit has been a bit of an anchor and you know tech right now is in the 20s in RPI which you know looking ahead to May uh and and, and into June with the NCAA tournament that would mean that tech not only would not host um you know be a top eight seed which means they wouldn't have a chance to host Super Regional, but top sixteen seed uh, w- would be out of would be out of the picture. Which means they would have to go on the road for the regionals. Which, yeah, not not what we want to do. We want to play at the law as much as possible, and so um, very big, massive win to start off Big Twelve play to get yourself to two and zero. Should be a fun one tomorrow. I mean, both these games have gone on, gone into extra innings, so should be a fun one tomorrow. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and take the break, and then when I come back, we're gonna take I'm gonna take some listener questions. And welcome back to the Chris Carpenter Show. Um, quick scoring update 
It is 50 to 44. Um, looks like Houston just got a turnover against Villanova. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said before, uh, you know, mad respect for Jay Wright. You know, Jay Wright has has really, you know, created this this program in Villanova that goes um, on deep runs in, in the NCAA tournament consistently every year. And, you know, here they are again. Um, and, and he's doing it not with those five-star one-and-done players. He's doing it with, um, you know, these veteran guys. And just, you know, mad respect for him. So, um, so a lot of listener questions today. Again, um, the best way to ask me a question is to follow the official Twitter account of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is at the C Carp Show. Um, I usually tweet out um, at a few hours before I record. I did that this morning. And, you know, and okay, official, by the way, Villanova wins 50 to 44. Uh, congratulations to them. Um, they got a very good shot of winning the national championship, I think. But anyway, uh, uh, back again to my uh, uh, to my my uh, listener questions. Best way to do that: follow at the C Carp Show. Um, it is the official Twitter account of the Chris Carpenter Show. So, um, interesting question from Anthony from uh, Middleburg. That's a shout out to Anthony. Um, he asked, uh, it was about the NCAA women's tournament and article that appeared in USA Today this week about um, calling basically to move the NCAA um, tournament, the women's NCAA tournament first and second round games um, to neutral sites, which right now they are at the home sites of the higher seed. And he, he basically asked, what are my thoughts on doing that? Um, here's my thoughts on that. I'm... I like the fact that they have them at the home sites of the higher seed uh, teams. I, I think higher seeds should get a bit of a reward. Um, I would like the men men uh, men's tournament to do that. They won't because it's a money thing now. Um, that's why we have you know Final Fours at massive football stadiums. Um, but I I like it that way. I don't, and I know in the, you know, in the article, you know, the big push is, well, you know, it's, it's, you know, inequality of the women's tournament, all that sort of stuff. You know, you, the women's tournament doesn't have to be an exact clone of the men's tournament to have equality. It really doesn't. And, you know, I, I watched the Tennessee, Tennessee game against um, Belmont on, I think it was Tuesday night. It was either Monday or Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday night. Um, and I got to tell you, that crowd was insane for Tennessee. And I think you lose a little bit of that by putting it on the road. And I, and I think the men's tournament loses a lot of that. I mean, could you imagine if Tech had been able to host first and second rounds at the USA? And, you know, Lubbock's big enough to host um, NCAA tournament games. They've done it before in the women's tournament. The USA is a large enough arena to have a pretty good sized crowd. I mean, it seats over you know sixteen, seventeen thousand people. Um, I mean, could you imagine if Tech had gotten that opportunity? And I know, yeah, you probably lose some money, you know, if you had Duke hosting first and second round games at Cameron Indoor Stadium. But I, I think a, I think the the men's tournament has become way too sterilized 
um, in the past 10, 10, 15 years. Um, you know, even with the courts, I used to like, you know, they would keep the courts of whatever arena what was hosting the game. And so, you know, they used to have games all the time at the pit. So you have that Lobo logo, you know, in the middle of the court, you know, from the pit. And you knew, hey, you were at the pit, um, which iconic, iconic arena. Um, and they don't host it there anymore, which is, I think it's unfortunate. Um, and so I think, you know, sometimes, yeah, I know you make a lot, they're making a heck of a lot more money on this tournament than they did, you know, 15, 20 years ago. But I think, you know, the men's tournament has lost a little bit of kind of the, the specialness of it. And I liked the women's tournament being on the home site. So I think it, I don't think it devalues the women's tournament. Um, I think it gives it a little bit of the, some specialness there. But good question uh, by Anthony. Several more questions. Uh, hold on. Let me go ahead and pull them up here. And um, Kevin from Lampasas asks, what are my thoughts on Matt Wells joining the OU staff? And, yeah, that kind of uh, became a news story this week. Uh, Matt Wells, former Texas Tech coach. Um, you know, people. some people took some shots at OU and all that about that. Uh, I like I said, and I've said this several times in my podcast. Um, I wish Matt Wells the best. Um, you know, it just it it wasn't working at Tech anymore, and you know we needed to make a change. I think we made the right decision making a change. Um, but you know, good luck to him at, at Oklahoma. Um, you know, hope he, hope he does well, and I, I think he'll he'll get another opportunity to be a head coach um, someday. Um, in another football program. So that's kind of my thoughts. I wish him the best of luck. You know, I, we got Joey McGuire, and I think it's going to be a fun uh, season coming up. And, you know, McGuire, just his energy is just – it's it's contagious, and it's it makes me excited for football. So good question. Next question is uh, we've got Carl from Denver City. Who has the most annoying fan base in the Big 12? And then it's a two-part question. Who is more annoying, Texas or A&M? So I'm going to take the second question first. Who is more annoying, Texas or A&M? Um, it cycles through the years. Uh, certainly early 2000s, A&M was the more annoying fan base, uh, you know, when they were, you know, making up the the stories about tech and spreading feces on their bus or the, you know, fighting each other in the stands or the victim stuff. Right now it's Texas for sure. Um, Texas is, and you would, you would think, you know, they, 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 they got our coach from us. So they, they won that. Um, but yeah, they, they are definitely, the, and they're the more thin skinned fan base, but it always cycles it. It'll probably, you know, it might be A&M again at some point. Um, but no, right now it's definitely Texas. If Texas and Texas A&M are playing in a game right now, I'm rooting for the Aggies. Um, that might not always be the case. <laughs> but, yeah, Texas has the most annoying fan base. Um, so this first part of the question, uh, who has the most annoying fan base in the Big 12? So I'm going to throw out Texas, since I already said they're annoying, but they're leaving. I'm also going to throw out Oklahoma, and they have an annoying fan base too. Um, but they kind of, I mean, they kind of back up their talk. I mean, Oklahoma, I mean, they whip, whip us in football. Um, I would probably say the number one annoying fan base is Oklahoma State. Um, first of all, they copy everything Tech does. Um, so that's annoying. But yeah, and 
they 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 chirp and yap and yip and yap um, as much as Texas and Oklahoma do, does. So I would say definitely number one is is Oklahoma State. The other ones in the Big Twelve, part of it is like Baylor. They don't have a big fan base, so I don't I don't really get annoyed by them. TCU, I guess TCU a little bit I, I get annoyed by, but again, not not a big fan base. Uh, so it's just it's hard for me to get that outrage. Trying to think of other ones that that are you know right currently in the Big Twelve that are, that are annoying. I, yeah, I mean it's just, it's it's Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is is the is the most annoying fan base um, in the Big Twelve, um, and they will be when you throw out Texas and OU. And like I said before, I think that's going to be a fun, uh, continue to fun build up to a rivalry, um, Oklahoma State Texas Tech. Hopefully that's. The two that are vying um, every year for the Big Twelve championship in football um, should be tech. Tech should be in that conversation. So, hopefully, good questions. Next question is Mary from New Bronzeville, and she's asking if you are handing out film awards for twenty twenty one, what would be your film of the year? I guess this comes up because tomorrow is the Oscars. I said it before. I'm not gonna, probably not going to watch the Oscars. Good question. So, best movies of 2021. I'm a movie buff. I I go and see a lot of movies. <laughs> so, I'll give you my top five um, from 2021. I would say number one is Stillwater with Matt, with Matt Damon. I really liked that movie. Really solid movie. And, and they, they played Oklahoma State fans. That was kind of funny. But... I, that was a really good movie. Came out last August. Enjoyed that. Number two, I would probably put. I probably put that King Richard movie. I thought that was a really strong, solid movie. And and you know I knew bits and pieces of the Venus and Serena Williams story, but you know that really gave a a, a solid glimpse into the, into, you know, their story. And I just, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a really strong movie. Um, number three, I would probably put, I'd probably put the Spider-Man uh, movie that came out. And I know some people don't like the superhero movies, the Marvel movies, and I get that. Um, it's not for everybody. And some of it is mindless. <laughs> I totally get that. But sometimes it's healthy to go just see a mindless movie. Um, so I don't, so, oh, well, so what? But that, I mean, the, that movie was about as good as you could get with Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man movie. Uh, and it's up there, by the way, I think with the Avengers Endgame movie, which most people would probably put as their number one um, from the MCU. I would put, I'd probably put Spider-Man even more better than the, uh, in game, I probably ranked it in front of it because it was just it was just a. I love Spider Man and I thought it was a great great movie, so that would definitely be my number three. Um, my number four. I'm trying to think back all the movies I saw. I I see a lot of movies. <laughs> Spoiler alert. My number four. I'm gonna look up. Hold on, real quick. Behind the scenes of Chris Carver's show. I'm gonna look up kind of my movie history. And see what else I saw last year. 
Okay, I put Ghostbusters number four. I the Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I know some people didn't like it. They said, "Oh, it's a teen drama of wrapped in Ghostbusters." Whatever, I was entertained. It was a great. If you're a Ghostbusters fan, you're gonna like you're gonna like that Ghostbusters movie. It 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 hit all of the the fun of of the Ghostbusters franchise. So I would put that as number four, and then number five. Let's look and see. Like I said, I'm looking up, trying to remind me remind myself of movies I saw last year. Oh, here's one. 12 Mighty Orphans. I thought that was a really good one. And I I know there's a book and I want to go back and read the book now, but that was a I mean, it was a real real inspirational, really strong movie. Um really enjoyed it. So, those would be my top 5. I don't know who's going to win at the Oscars. I've heard that there's like a Power of the Dog. <laughs> sure. I guess that might win. I have no idea. So, good question. We've got a couple more questions to go. Three more questions. Which college, which college sports season do you look most forward to each year, football, basketball, or baseball? That's Susie from Tohoka. Um, I would say college basketball for sure. I grew up in El Paso. UTEP basketball was the thing. I mean, we, my dad and I had season tickets for many, many years. Uh, probably one of my best memories of my dad going to those games, um, you know, and yeah, that was, I mean, and my dad wasn't a big basketball fan, but I mean, he took me to every, it was just so much fun and we got to see the bear, Don Haskins. It was great. And yeah, college basketball for sure is my favorite. And it's, it's just been so much more fun since tech, you know, got good again. Cause I, I, I remember going to tech games during the Pat night years and it was rough go. Um, to, I mean, you could at least get good tickets, but it was rough go to go to those games. So I would definitely say college basketball and that November or for a couple, whatever, November 9th, November 10th, usually around that time period is where you have opening night for college basketball. I'm ready for it and let's go. I don't care if it's, you know, Tech, you know, plays like Jackson State or Savannah State and they're beating them by 40. I'm watching every minute of that game. It is just, I love it. So definitely college basketball for sure. All right. We've got Alan from Lubbock. This one's interesting. If you had to reboot one movie, which would it be Back to the Future, Goonies, the Sandlot or Forrest Gump. All right. Interesting because I don't know if I want to see a, a reboot for any of those four. I'll say this, a couple things. The Goonies, I watched that about a year ago. Um, it does not age well as a movie. And as an adult watching it, there's a lot of issues with that movie. There was a lot of stuff that was kind of borderline creepy in that movie. So no to the Goonies reboot. I'll say no to that. The Sandlot, I just don't think you could replicate um, the greatness of that movie through a, through a reboot. So I'm going to say no to the Sandlot. Forrest Gump, same thing. You know, Tom Hanks was the perfect cast casting for Forrest Gump. I don't think you could replicate that. I would say by default, Back to the Future, 
and I think the only way you could do a reboot of Back to the Future is you would have to do, I think, a completely different story. Um, you couldn't be, you know, 1985, Marty McFly, all that. You could bring back baby Doc Brown, bring back the whole DeLorean thing. But I think beyond that, it, I don't. I still don't think it would be very good. But if I had to reboot one of those movies, I would say Back to the Future would be the one that that I that you you would reboot. I again, I like I said, I don't think it would. I, would, I don't think it would be a very good movie anyway. But um, I would say Back to the Future. All right, one more question, and this is Luke from Midlothian. What's your dream matchup featuring one wrestler from the 80s in his prime versus one wrestler of the 2010s in his prime? So, dream matchup Ooh, from the 80s. If you're talking, and I'm, I'm going to give a couple answers. If you're talking like pure, like character-driven entertaining like like they're really good on the mic entertainment wrestlers i think a hulk hogan versus john cena so hulk hogan from the 80s in his prime versus john cena in his prime i think that would be you'd sell a lot of tickets for that one as far as like a pure like wrestler macho man Versus Macho Man would be the one from the 80s. I'm trying to think 2010s. Like who would be a great foil for the Macho Man? Macho Man versus AJ Styles. That would be a... interesting matchup um both great wrestlers and they're both good characters so uh, you know hulk hogan john cena i'm gonna that's a different stratosphere to answer your question macho man versus aj styles that would have be that would have been a fun matchup all good questions this week again If you want to ask me a question, all you have to do is follow the official Twitter of The Chris Carpenter Show, which is at The C Carp Show. I'm going to go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. Welcome back to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And this week's tip, I'm going to go a little bit deep this week. And my tip is don't ever let what what one person's perception or opinion of you shape how you interact with other people or how you do um, how you how you do your life. It's very easy to worry about what other people think. And I, I, I fall into that trap probably more than I need to. Um, but everyone 
has their own unique skills. Everyone has their own unique personality and you do you. You be yourself. Be the best self be the best yourself you can. Um don't let other people kind of their evaluation of you affect how you how you do things. So, a little bit deep. Sometimes the Chris Carpenter show goes a little bit deep, but good tip to to live by. Um, let me give you a little bit of a schedule update for next weekend. Um, next weekend's show is going to be either recorded late later Saturday night. We're talking like Saturday evening, like even later than this, or it will be recorded Sunday. Um, I'm doing something, I'm going to actually do something very fun next weekend and special that requires me to go out of town. Um, and I'll talk about it in next week's podcast. But um, because of that, Saturday is going to be a travel back day for me. And so podca- the podcast may not drop till either late Saturday night or um, it'll, I'll, I'll do one Sunday, but, um, hope everybody has a great week and I will see you on next week's edition of the Chris Carpenter show.